Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today we are discussing the first episode of season two of The Vampire Diaries, which is appropriately called The Return. Honestly, the, the name doesn't even do it justice. There's a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. But it's multi-layered because it's returning for season two, as well as Catherine returning and the return of our new friend Mason. But we haven't met him before, but it's his return to town. So as always, I'm going to read the Vampire Diaries wiki synopsis. The second season begins with Elena discovering her Uncle John's bloody body and learning Jeremy's fate, and Damon realizing that Catherine has returned. Meanwhile, Caroline is taken to the hospital following a car accident, and Tyler's mysterious Uncle Mason arrives in town. Pretty quick. Each of those threads has a lot happening. I mean, it is just bang, 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 bang. Yeah, it's a jam-packed episode. This episode seems like it's longer than 45 minutes, but it is not. You know, not every season is written by Kevin Williamson and Julie Pleck, but they wrote this one, obviously, since it was the premiere, and they just know how to jam-pack these episodes. Yeah, literally. Kevin Williamson, I'm sure you know this, is one of the big screenwriters. Oh, I didn't know that. So that explains a lot of his great impact. And Elena was giving some scream vibes in this app early. Mm-hmm. Early. All right. So let's dive right into the episode. We open up in the Gilbert house where we left off at the end of season one. And we kind of see like a slightly modified redo of the scene that we ended season one with, which is Catherine joining John in the kitchen. We also get a little peek in on Jeremy, who is either dead or sleeping. At this point, we don't know. We see... Catherine cut John's fingers off and we see Elena arriving home on the phone. She hangs up the phone and she hears some clattering and kind of some groaning. And she's like, I better go to the kitchen. Yeah. So that's where they left us at season one. So we see that to kind of remind us where we are. And then we pick up with Elena walking into the kitchen. She finds John bleeding out and she's like, oh, my God. And so she immediately starts to call 911 disaster preparedness queen. Yeah, she's CPR certified, babe. Yeah. She's like, someone better get the AED. Yeah, but this wouldn't need an AED. I know, but it's a CPR joke. Fair enough. It's not a crazy thing to say. (laughs) And as Elena is calling 911, Catherine is just like watching from behind her, just seeing it all unfold. Enjoying the chaos that she's caused. Yeah, John sees Catherine. He looks very scared. And he says, behind you. And Elena turns around. Of course, at that point, Catherine has run away. Yeah. And so Elena picks up a knife and goes looking. Very brave. Catherine kind of runs fast back and forth and kind of teases her a little bit, but ultimately gets out the door before Elena can see her. Catherine is is funny. She's having fun with it right now. You know, she doesn't want to give away that she's there right away. I think she wants some people to figure it out. She kind of wants the word of mouth to spread and she wants her reputation to precede her. Yeah, even though it definitely already does, but she's already having a lot of fun and the episode It just keeps getting more fun for Catherine and less fun for everybody else. Yeah. And then Elena makes the realization that Jeremy is upstairs. So she runs to go check on Jeremy and he opens his eyes really wide as he wakes up. Because at this point, we're still like, oh, he might be a vampire. Yeah, I thought she was going to go up and see him asleep and be like, "Okay, calling 911 again. We're going to get this buddy's stomach pumped. But then he woke up really fast and I was like, damn, that was a pretty quick wake up. That's a vampire wake up, babe. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, I started doubting my little prediction that he would not be a vampire. I was a little worried that I really, really made the wrong move there. So, of course, who does Elena call but Stefan? So Stefan shows up to the Gilbert house 
she's like, hey, so Jeremy told me that he drank Anna's blood and then took a bunch of pills. And he seems fine, but you also seem fine. I don't really know how to tell if someone's in transition. Yeah, which fair point from Elena. So Stefan like grabs Jeremy's face and Jeremy is like, I feel fine. I feel like nothing happened. Yeah, Jeremy's like, I don't feel any different. And he does not sound happy with that. Yeah, and Stefan confirms that no, he did not turn into a vampire. And Jeremy is very disappointed to Elena's chagrin. He's like, damn it. She's like, hey. <laughs> He's like, hey, what the fuck? Do you want to be a vampire? Elena's like, I can't believe you would want that. And Jeremy's like, uh, you know that Anna's dead, right? And it's like, okay, that doesn't super explain it, but fine. That's not really a justification, but sure, I mean. But he's going through a whole evening and Elena would have been there to check in on him, but she's been through some drama today and she doesn't really know all this yet. So Stefan takes a moment and he gets serious and he's like, hey, I just want you to know, like with every passing second, the blood is leaving your system. And if you try to kill yourself right now, you could really die. It's basically like, hey, you fucked up. It's too late to kill yourself now. Like it's out. And this is the beginning of, so we see over the course of this episode, a number of people get vampire blood in their systems. Over the course of the episode, I don't know if you were tracking it, Stephanie. There are enough that watching it now, it's clear that someone is going to be a vampire by the end of this episode. Yeah, it's like one of those episodes that it's like, and by the end of tonight, one of these people will die. Yeah. It's like a shot of a bunch of people. Because we see Jeremy have blood in his system, John have blood in his system, and Caroline have blood in her system. And we just don't know how they're all going to shake out. I mean, at this point, I'm hoping it's Caroline because things don't look good for Miss Miss. Although we didn't hear a flatline, I don't think so. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. What's funny about this Jeremy thing is he didn't take enough pills. So the blood just healed him from like the 10 pills when he needed like 20 to die, which is just so, so Jeremy. (laughs) So truly embarrassing because he was like, what the fuck? I had the blood. I killed myself. Like what went wrong? And that's what Elena asks too. He literally couldn't even kill himself, right? I know. (laughs) This poor little boy. Poor Jeremy. You can see he's like, oh my God, I'm a fucking dumbass. You can see he hates his life. Yeah, he's like, okay, well now I actually do want to die, die. So who cares that the vampire blood is gone? Yeah. So then Elena's like, okay, well, I'm going to head to the hospital, presumably to check on Caroline. Yeah. Well, and Uncle John. So she's got a number of reasons to be at the hospital. That's a good season opener. There are too many people at the hospital to know exactly which one she's going to visit. Exactly. So Stefan's like, oh, I'll stay with Jeremy. And Jeremy's like, I don't need a babysitter. And Elena's like, yeah, you obviously do. Yeah, he definitely does. I mean, so they go over to the hospital. Bonnie asks Matt, like, what's up with Caroline? And he says, well, she is not good. And then he fills Bonnie in on the crash and that Tyler heard a noise. Now, Bonnie's smart enough to know that the only noise that someone might have heard was caused by the Gilbert device. So she starts to put the pieces together. And that's got to hurt to be like, oh, It's my fault Caroline is in a hospital with bad prognosis. Yes, which, I mean, she never could have predicted that that action would have hurt Caroline, but it it can't feel good. Yeah, it's the same thing of, like, Elena could never have predicted that, like, Grams was going to die, and so Bonnie's like, oh, shit. I think it's just an interesting, like, this guilt is something she's going to be carrying for the rest of the episode. And probably longer, depending on how Caroline's little story shakes out here. Yeah, perhaps it will be carried beyond this episode, (laughs) but we'll see. And then Damon shows up to check on the sheriff because he heard about Caroline. And so he's like, hey, I heard what's up. She's like, look, I need your help. And she tells him Mayor Lockwood is dead. 
there was a mistake and he was put in the basement with the vampires. And Damon expertly says Mayor Lockwood was a vampire. Yeah, like he wasn't in the basement with Mayor Lockwood. (laughs) Yeah, like he doesn't know for a 100% fact that Mayor Lockwood was not a vampire. But that's the reaction you would have in that situation. He really does know how to read the room. And he and the sheriff are a good little pair. I just love them. I know. They're very good for each other as friends. So, yeah, the sheriff knows that Carol Lockwood wants answers, but she's a little preoccupied with the fact that her daughter isn't looking so hot. Yeah, this is not a fun time to be Liz Forbes. I mean, this is not looking good. And also because, like, she's pissed about this whole situation. She's worried about Carol, but she's also like, well, it like the mayor pushed this plan that I didn't want. I told them not to do. Yeah. Like the mayor kind of has to take some responsibility in the fact that he's dead right now. I mean, let's be honest. He was not long for this world. And I doubt many will miss him. His son doesn't. So I think his wife will get over it pretty soon. Let's be honest. We'll see. We'll see. So Damon hugs the sheriff and then he walks around and he sees Bonnie telling Elena that they're not sure if Caroline's going to make it. And Elena's like, can't you do a fucking spell? Like, uh, Elena, fucking give Bonnie a break. I know. It's like, (laughs) girl. Bonnie's like, don't you think if I could do a spell, I would have fucking done a spell by now? Yeah, like, don't you think I would have thought of that? But Damon interrupts and says, oh, she doesn't know how. Isn't that right? And she begrudgingly says yes, because as Damon says, it took years for Emily to learn that kind of spell. So we can only assume it's not like an easy spell, which makes sense. Yeah, so that's a big spell to do. It makes sense that that's a harder one than like giving a vampire a headache. Yeah. I mean, no shade to Miss Bonnie, but she is pretty new. So Damon's like, hey, I can give Caroline some of my blood. It'll heal her. It's nice that he cares enough about the sheriff to want to save Caroline, but I think he also feels bad for Caroline. Maybe I'm projecting that, but I'm pretending. <laughs> I think there's multiple reasons why it's good for him to save Caroline. It's the sheriff and Elena at the minimum. Exactly. <laughs> and he kind of wants Bonnie on his good side. Yeah, which is wise. He knows it's not good to have an enemy in Bonnie. And so he's, you know, he kind of sells it. He's like, she'll be safe in the hospital. It'll be out of her system in 24 hours. Like, she'll be fine. And Elena's like, no, we shouldn't do that. You know, that's, it's too dangerous. She's coming off the heels of Jeremy almost becoming a vampire. She doesn't want to risk it. And Bonnie's like, no, let's do it. Yeah, Bonnie's like, we can't let Caroline die. Like nothing's going to happen. And to be fair to all of them, this is the safest place Caroline could possibly be to have vampire blood. They couldn't have known where this night was going at this point. I mean, this was the right call. And Damon is like, okay, so if I do this, like you and me, we're going to call a truce, right, Bonnie? And Bonnie says, no, but you'll do it anyway for Elena. Bonnie is that girl. I mean, bad bitch behavior. That is top tier. I just love her. I mean, And she's right. And Damon's like, "Mm, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, she doesn't need to owe Damon anything for sure. And Damon does agree to do it because he thinks uh, he and Elena have just kissed. So he's like, of course, I'll do it for Elena. He's like, well, I got to do it for my my little girl over there, my little lady. Yeah. (laughs) And Elena gives Bonnie a look for saying that. But But Bonnie's like, look, we are beyond that. Let it go. It's already out there. It's not going to hurt by me saying it again. Yeah, and Elena also wants Caroline to be saved. So she's like, whatever, I'll just let her get away with that comment. And so Bonnie leaves and Damon says, okay, look, I know this is like the last thing you want to talk about, but we should talk about what happened tonight. And Elena's like, I know a tomb vampire almost killed John. And he's like, 
no not that (laughs) (laughs) he's like he doesn't want to talk about that but he's also like oh i didn't know about that so he's like wait after i left and elena's like you were there and he's like what he's like um what the fuck like you know i was there yeah at first he thinks she's like deflecting or Or like trying to pretend it didn't happen yeah so he's like we kissed and she's like i don't have time for this damon yeah she's like this is a weird little joke you're playing because to be fair on elena this didn't happen for her so she's like uh okay what the fuck yeah and poor damon had to be like when we kiss because you know he was holding that tight in his heart and he had to be like embarrassing so that's that's embarrassing and then feeling to be like oh my god damon like shut up this is the beginning of damon's uh downward spiral so he says, like, if you want to forget about it, fine, but I can't. And she's like, what the fuck? She's like, this joke is making less sense the longer you go with it, Damon. So Jenna is a welcome distraction. And Elena's like, where have you been? And Jenna's like, I went to the fire department to fill out a report. I told you that. And Jenna kind of gives Damon a look, too, like, oh, my God, get away from her. Well, yeah, Jenna's not even dealing with that yet because they're fighting so hard about whether or not Jenna told Elena she was going to the fire department. And so they are going back and forth, back and forth. And then Damon is the first to make a realization. He's like, oh, my fucking God. He's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And then he leaves to both Jenna and Elena's confusion. They're like, what the fuck was that about? So then we cut over to the Gilbert house. Stefan is still hanging out with Jeremy and he hears the door open and he goes downstairs and he sees who we now know is Catherine. But he at first thinks it's Elena because he doesn't know Catherine's in town yet, and she must know it's only a matter of time before Damon connects the dots. Yeah, I mean, she she messed it up a little. Well, I guess we don't know exactly when Stefan figured out it was her. Oh, yeah. You think he knew right away? I mean, he definitely knew faster than Damon. Maybe he didn't know right away, but, like, I wasn't clocking exactly when, because I thought he was going to fall for it, too. He comes down, he says, how's Caroline? And Catherine says, not good, and then they hug. And she says, just what I needed. And I think that's when he makes the discovery, when they hug. When they hug and she does a little smirk in the hug. And he's like, this is a little more sexual of a hug than I get from Elena. Yeah. So they pull away and they look like they're about to kiss. But then Stefan really quickly like dips her and lets his veins come out. And then Catherine, you know, slithers away really quick. And he says, Catherine. And she says, at least I fooled one of you. And Stefan's kind of (laughs) like, but then he moves on. because He's like, well, I got to beat her ass. Yeah, he clocks the comment, but he goes right into the into fight mode. So they fight a little bit and then the front door gets unlocked. So Catherine like debilitates Stefan and runs away really quick as Elena and Damon get home. And Elena says, what happened? And Damon says, Catherine happened. And Elena's like, what? Yeah. Did First of all, did Damon not tell Elena anything on the way here? Yeah, on the car ride home. She's like, so what was that reaction about? And like, why did you think I kissed you? Like, yeah. They're all chatting, kind of talking about what happened. And Damon's like, did she say what she wanted? And Stefan's like, no. He's like, but she did say that she fooled one of us. What does that mean? And Damon's like, oh, you you don't want to ask about that, buddy. Yeah, Damon for the, at this moment just says, uh, yeah, she pretended to be Elena with me earlier, too. And Stefan definitely clocks that there's more to the story there. But he lets it kind of drop for a second because Elena comes back in. And she's like, I told Jeremy, I can't lie to him anymore. I mean, why bother? He knows where your journal is. And he knows pretty much everything. So you might as well tell him Catherine's here. Well, you might as well tell the vampire that looks exactly like you is there. I mean, that's useful information for him. Yeah, he kind of needs to know that. 
And Elena is like, of course, freaking out. She's like, we just got rid of the tomb vampires. I kind of thought things would be calmed down. And now Catherine has been invited in. And poor Elena, it didn't even calm down for like 12 hours. <laughs> it took it took like maybe two hours. It's fucked up. And she's like, well, now Catherine's invited in. Like, what should we do? And Damon's like, you should move. You know, Damon pretends later that he would kill her, but he's like, I'm not killing her. <laughs> yeah. Damon's like, look, if Catherine wanted you dead, you would be dead. So clearly she has other plans. And Stefan's like, okay, well, we need to find out what those plans are without provoking her. To which I would say, didn't Stefan just provoke her? <laughs> well, he defended himself. I guess. That's more of provoking. She's into the fighting. I guess that's true. I'm glad he was strong enough, although maybe she let him beat her a little bit. Well, yeah. The human versus animal thing doesn't seem to be as big of an issue as it once was. Well, he's been working out. The power of a man in love. Catherine doesn't want to intensely overpower Stefan. Yeah. She wants to stay a little sexy and fun. She just wants to keep him in line. She just needed to knock him over for a second to get out of the house. They can't find her. And then because Stefan can't let it go, he says, hey, Damon, what happened when you thought Catherine was Elena? Damon's like, oh my God, I guess I'll fucking tell you. Yeah, Damon realizes there's no point in lying, which I think is a good move. I think it's the best thing he can do to just say it now. And he basically already told Elena it was only a matter of time before she put the pieces together there. And tells Stefan, yeah, I mean, he it, the damage is done. So he says, to risk a frown line encroaching on an already crowded forehead. Great line. We kissed. And Stefan immediately like jumps at him and Damon says, don't be obvious. <laughs> yeah, he jumps at Damon and Damon jumps back to where Stefan was. It's like a little flip. <laughs> and Elena's like, okay, um, he kissed Catherine, not me. I wouldn't do that. So we don't really have time for this little fight. Yeah, she's like, this literally isn't productive. Like it wasn't me. So who cares? Elena has a good point. She's like, what the fuck? Who cares? Elena's like, I thought we were all on the same page that Catherine was a bitch. And like, it's not me. So like, what's the fighting for? Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. So she's like, we need to move on from this little thing. Yeah. And she's like, well, look, John must know something. If Catherine tried to kill him, he must have some information. Not an awful assumption. Kind of all they have at this moment. Yeah, fair enough. John has done enough to earn being killed, but he knew something from Isabel. It's not a jump that he would know something from Catherine as well. Yeah. And Damon says, you know, Catherine likes to play games. We're fooling ourselves if we think we're going to find out what she's up to before she wants us to. But Stefan needs to be contrarian to Damon right now. So he's like, you know, John could know something through Isabel. I think we should talk to him. The tensions are high. I think Damon knows, like, if he plays any sort of game with Catherine, he's getting roped back in immediately. And he, you know, is not wrong in that assumption. (laughs) He's finally started to get over Catherine, but he hasn't had enough time to really be that over her. You know, he had 145 years of being obsessed with her. So like a month and a half of being quote unquote over her. It's a David and Goliath situation and Goliath is winning this time. I'm sorry. Now he's like having feelings for Elena, which only complicates his feelings for Catherine more. Yeah, because it's like Elena, but she's sexier. Yeah, Elena, but in heels. Elena, but sexier and a little more down to kiss him. Yeah. So dangerous place for Damon to be. And Damon says, look, we should just ignore her. If she feels like she's being ignored, we will lure her out and we can make a move like staking her. And I think this is a fair point that ignoring her would lure her out. But I think it's mostly that he's like, I am too scared to talk to her. And 
there is no way he was going to be able to stake her. I mean, he can pretend, but come on. I know it's easier said than done to stake someone who you actually have a pre-existing relationship with. Yeah, that's not going to happen from him. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go over to the hospital. It's the next morning and Bonnie checks in with Matt and she's like, hey, Matt, were you here all night? And Matt says, yeah, the only other person who stopped by was Stefan's brother, Damon. Like really late at night, which was weird. And it's like, are you that fucking stupid? Like that he's just like, oh, that's weird. Damon's here. Time to go back to playing Tetris. I mean, Damon could have compelled Matt. I guess Matt might have a vein. I doubt anyone gave Matt a vein. I don't think he's high enough on anyone's list. Either way, Matt didn't question it too much. And Bonnie's like, oh, well, how is Caroline? He's like, oh, see for yourself. They check on Caroline. She's awake. She's all better. She's watching Jersey Shore. She's like, hey, guys. Yeah, Bonnie (laughs) hugs her. Matt kisses her. She says she's healing really quick. And Bonnie is just like crying happy, happy tears that she's okay. It's a really happy moment. Yeah, she's like, thank God. Something the vampires are finally useful for. And then we cut over to the Lockwood house where they're having, I think, a wake because... Not everyone's wearing black, but it's definitely about the mayor. Yeah, it's definitely like a wake or like a, you know, please bring us casserole, which I guess is what a wake is. Yeah, it's a wake. <laughs> so it's a wake. Um, <laughs> the casserole party. And Carol is, she's having complex emotions, but right now she's just pissed off at the sheriff. She's like, I want to know who the fuck killed the mayor. First of all, John's the one who set fire to the place. It's John. Like, what's the, what's the mystery? Technically, it was another vampire in there, but she wouldn't know that. So go ahead and blame John. Yeah, no one would ever know. Liz is like, I'm working on it, but like, I need you to be straight with me. Why the fuck did the device work on him? And she's like, are you implying he was a disgusting vampire? And Liz is like, no, of course not. And of course, Carol's like, your deputies made a mistake. That's plain and simple, the truth. And you're the sheriff, so it's your fault. And the sheriff makes the astute point that The mayor was the one who helped John do this plan in the first place. She doesn't even say like, John walked me to like a pole. Like, even if somehow I could control all of my deputies, like I literally wasn't able to. There was nothing I could have done in that moment. And Damon tries to play peacekeeper here. He's like, look, everyone is on edge. The town has suffered a great loss. We need to stick together and trust each other. Mostly because he just wants this information. But he's still being nice regardless. He needs this to calm down because he doesn't want people thinking like, what if there's a vampire on the Founders Council? Because like maybe Mayor Lockwood was. Like, it's in his best interest to pat this down. And then Tyler is on the front porch greeting people as some kind of decked out SUV pulls up. Mm -hmm. And I said, new character alert. (laughs) Yeah, new character alert. And out walks a hot man. It is Tyler's uncle, Mason Lockwood. Tyler says the black sheep returns. So that gives us a lot of clues. And that he hasn't been here since Tyler was 12. To which I would say the black werewolf returns. Mason is a werewolf name. I'm sorry. What makes Mason a werewolf name? Because it's a himbo name. Okay. So you're like 100% sure Mason's a werewolf? Yeah, Mason's going to teach Tyler how to be one. Okay. He's going to be his mentor. Okay, that's definitely a guess. (laughs) So Mason is played by Taylor Kinney, who you probably know from dating Lady Gaga, but his big like TV credits are he's one of the leads on Chicago Fire. So of course, he's also been on Chicago Med and Chicago PD. That's been his most recent because he's got the gray hair on that. Yeah, so that's kind of his big thing that he's in. He's not in a lot of other stuff. So that's Mason Lockwood, who I 
theorized. I theorize he's going to be a new crush for you. Oh, gonna be? He is. <laughs> any member of the Lockwood family can kiss me. At any time. At any time. Mostly the men, but I, I would kiss Carol as well. If the opportunity presented itself. So then we go back over to the hospital where Stefan and Elena are visiting John. He is alive. But he is a shell of his former self, baby. And he opens his eyes and he sees Elena and he is quite scared. <laughs> he thinks it's Catherine. He tries to call the nurse. Yeah, he is terrified of Catherine, which is just interesting. So Stefan and Elena are like, no, no, not Catherine, not Catherine. And they're like, but do you know where she is? And John's like, no. John's like, I literally would like to never see her again in my life. So Elena gives him back his ring. So that's nice of her. Kind of a bargaining chip to get him to cooperate, probably, but also nice. Still nice. (laughs) She could have kept it for herself. Stefan's like, you know what? You should really take our help because Catherine will try to kill you again. Like, tell us what she wants. We're the side to be on because she'll kill you. We won't. Yeah, which is fair points. Fair points from Stefan. They give him a pretty good deal. But he just stays antagonistic. I mean... He doesn't want to help Stefan, and unfortunately, Elena is tied to Stefan. He says, my daughter should have driven a stake through your heart by now. Okay, you're throwing around the word daughter a lot for a guy who never brought it up before. I was going to say, in this conversation, he and Stefan used the word daughter like six times. And it's like, okay, yes, but like you guys don't really have that relationship that you should be like using the word willy Well, Yeah, it's clear they're both trying to use daughter as like a meaningful bargaining chip. Yeah, John is trying to say, she's my daughter, so that's why I hate vampires so much. And Stefan is like, she's your daughter, you should work with me. Elena's like, can we just... Elena's <laughs> like, can we just keep saying niece? I- I'm not ready for the daughter thing. Like, can we just stay on track here? John kind of throws them a bone by saying like, he's like, look, Catherine never trusted me or spoke to me directly, so you should kill me because I don't know anything. Smart queen. She knew to not trust that piece of shit. Yeah, he's a weasel. Well, she probably knew that he was Elena's dad. And she's like, that's not going to work out for me. And then he's like, please leave because I cannot stand seeing you two together, which is also how Stephanie feels about Stelena. No, it's not. I know. I'm kidding. It used to be, though. This episode uh, brought me around on Stefan a whole bunch. I know you've been hating Stefan for so long. Be prepared to eat your words. Okay, well, I think I think I'm going to rewatch season one and I'm going to be like, okay, with this new knowledge, I don't hate him. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't have all this knowledge. I know. Let's just remember that. I know. That's but that's that's what I said when I watched. I was like, I think you're going to warm up to him. And in this very next scene, I do. Yeah. So Elena says, you know, the problem with you hating Stefan so much is that it's going to get you killed. Great mic drop line. She goes to leave and Stefan starts to follow. And then he turns back and he grabs John's throat and he says, <laughs> he's like, you might be okay with dying, but I have a better idea. And then he feeds John his blood and he says, now, if I kill you, you will become a vampire. That's all I have to do. So you have to leave town in 24 hours because Elena doesn't want you here. I love it because he says, you'll become a vampire and you'll hate yourself more than you already do. Ooh, he really gets him because, and this is where we get a crucial piece of information, which we don't know how crucial it is until we see the picture of the episode as a whole, which is that vampire blood stays in your system for about 24 hours. Yeah, which I kind of, I mean, I had asked way, way back, so I knew that, but we get a a firmer time on it. And I think it's also nice to be like, it's about 24 hours, but 24 hours is your your time limit to get Yeah, your barometer. 
I love that he's like 24 hours is enough time to leave town. Like he's literally in the hospital, although I guess he'll heal with the blood anyway. Yeah. Then he lets him go and he says clock starts now and he leaves. That was some uh, sexy protective vibes from Stefan. Loving that. Yeah. Stefan being very hot. I love him when he's a little hot and a little more vampire and a little more aggressive. Loving yeah. it. Do you think if we ever see Stefan turn off his humanity that you will be attracted to him? I mean, probably. I, probably not as much as like the whole package together. Sure. But I think like, I mean, I'm going to be attracted to him and Damon regardless. I might be less attracted to them if they're killing like people I care about. Sure. But that will, that doesn't make them not hot. Fair enough. So then we go back over to the Lockwood Wake. Damon goes up and asks the sheriff who the new guy is. So this is where we get a little bit more exposition about Mason Lockwood. Here's what we learn. He's nothing like John. Love him already. He's not an ass. And Liz likes him, which is a good sign. He is not a believer. He wants nothing to do with the council. And he's too busy finding the perfect wave. You still think he's a werewolf? Yeah, I think they're bucking some stereotypes, putting him on a surfboard. Well, what about the fact that he's not a believer? She just said he's not a believer. He doesn't want to be on the council. So we can assume he's not a believer in vampires, which why wouldn't that cross over to other supernatural things? I think he's more not a believer in like fighting all vampires. And it's easier to say you're on that side to the whole council by being like vampires are fake. That's dumb. I just think that's a good excuse to get off the council. Like I think him not believing is like, well, I think this is dumb because I'm a werewolf and I don't want them to know that. So I'm just going to tell them I don't believe in vampires. But isn't it safer if you're a werewolf to be on the council so you know what? They're not hunting werewolves. Well, yeah, but isn't it safer to know in case they learn that werewolves exist? His brother's on the council. Mayor Lockwood's on the council. Don't you think if it really came down to it, Mayor Lockwood wouldn't like tell Mason something? brother's dead. Well, that's why he's fucking back in town. Now he's got to cozy up to Tyler. I think he just has no reason to be on the council, really. Like, especially if he's not living there. Here's my question. If Mayor Lockwood and Mason Lockwood were both werewolves, How did they make the decision who stays in town, who leaves? Do you think they just wanted different things? Yeah, I think Mayor Lockwood was like, I want to be mayor. And Mason was like, I would like to surf and I can't surf in small town Virginia. I'll get into it. Okay, I'd love you to. So I think, you know, clearly being a werewolf, because they're werewolves, I'm just talking as though this is fact at this point. Being a werewolf clearly comes with this level of aggression that you have to hone and control. I think Mayor Lockwood took that aggression and was like, I can use this to be very powerful. I mean, you could argue not that powerful because you're only mayor of Mystic Falls. Yeah, I, in fact, I would argue that. That's neither here nor there. Well, maybe he was eyeing a presidential run someday. Yeah, I think he took that path of like, I'm going to use my aggressive behavior and my anger like to get ahead in a career. That doesn't mean he was good at his career and was able yeah. to get out of his nepotism higher. But that was his plan. He's going to use his werewolf aggression in the mean, mean streets of local politics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the truth. And then Mason was like, took the other approach, the like yoga, like I'm going to control my anger by like meditating in a way approach. So like they wouldn't want the same thing. Like Mason was like, I don't want to be angry all the time. So I'm going to like channel it into like really understanding my feelings and and calming that storm. Whereas Mayor Lockwood drove right into the eye of the hurricane. Here's a question. Who do you think of them was a werewolf first? And were either of them each other's mentors? Well, I am going to stick with my thought that you become a werewolf for really- at age 18. Yeah, at age 18. And I assume Mayor Lockwood is older. I assume that as well. So I think Mayor Lockwood first. And I think 
they probably grew up together, so they kind of helped each other. But I'm going to guess they had a dad who helped them as well, or maybe an uncle who can say. Sure, 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 sure. I feel pretty confident about all that. That I think that went really well for me. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you know, I just want to make sure I'm just digging in. And I'm digging in deeper, baby. If you think that the whole Lockwood family is werewolves, I just think it's interesting that you think they were able to hide all this from Carol. No offense to Carol. She's not like, I don't think she's hunting down that information. Okay. I mean, hey, it only has to make sense to you. As a Carol stan, I just think she like was busy with other things. She just wants to be a small town first lady. Yeah, she's a philanthropist. She's running Miss Mystic. Like she's the first lady. Like she's got other shit to do. Yeah. She's going shopping. Sure. She's living the life I want. We've never seen her shop. I mean, but you've seen how she dresses. She's shopping. Yeah. It's sexist to assume that. <laughs> I don't think it's sexist when it's Carol. <laughs> I know, you're right. I think she's, she's a fashionable lady. To be fashionable, you have to shop. So then Catherine arrives at the Lockwood Wake. Tyler naturally thinks it's Elena. And so he's like, oh, Elena, come on in. And she stands and she's like, hee, 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 and then steps over the threshold. Yeah, and in she comes. And she does indeed have slouchy heeled boots on. As you predicted. I mean, there was no other shoe for her in 2010. Yeah, that's the hot girl shoe of 2010. Yeah, you, you can't beat it. And she's looking cute. She's got a new black jacket on. She's wearing all black. I'm vibing. Oh, yeah. She is giving us villain couture this episode. I wish I could have seen her and Anna hang out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on to say. Anna didn't really like Catherine that much. So <laughs> I just wanted to see their dynamic a little. Too bad. So sad. So then we go back over to the hospital where Stefan and Elena are leaving. Uh, They're getting ready to go to the Lockwood Wake. And Elena asks Stefan how he left it with John. And Stefan said, well, I asked him to leave town. Elena is like, okay, no, you threatened him. (laughs) But she's like, thanks. Love that. Get him fucking out of here. She's like, I don't (laughs) want him here. So I'm glad you did that. So good. They're on the same page. Poor John. No one wants him. No one likes him. I know. He like literally almost died and they're like, yeah, get out of here. And even this girl who just heard, she's his daughter is like, oh, thank God you fucking threatened him. Like, get him out of my life. Yeah. So Stefan's like, okay, I have to go. I have to find Damon. And Elena's like, hey, could you like not fight with Damon? The real issue here is Catherine. And we all know that she makes Damon unstable. So can you like calm it down? Very good view from Miss Elena. Yeah. And she's right. I mean, she's right on the money there. Yeah. Stefan's like, you know, he tried to kiss you. That's not okay. And she's like, it wasn't me. It was Catherine. So jot that down. And she's essentially like, it doesn't matter if he would try to kiss me because I wouldn't let him. So it's not important. So let me go over to the Lockwood Wake once again. Bonnie goes up to Damon and she's like, hey, uh, did you know the Gilbert device affected Tyler? Damon didn't know that, but he kind of plays it cool because he did know it affected the mayor. And he says, well, I know it got Mr. Lockwood. And she's like, don't you want to know why? And he's like, yeah, I do want to know why the Lockwood men were affected. Meanwhile, there's a piano version of How to Save a Life playing in the background. I feel compelled to mention that. Yeah, I couldn't clock it. I was like, why does this song sound familiar? So Damon asks about Caroline and Bonnie's like, yeah, I'm better. And they both say you're welcome. (laughs) He's like, you're welcome. She's like, no, you're welcome. Just so you remember, one nice thing you do doesn't cancel out all the bad things you did. And you have to stay in line. And he's kind of like, okay, whatever. And very calmly, she does something to make his head hurt and basically incapacitates him. Bonnie consistently just is shitting on him. I mean, she's like, look, keep in mind who you're messing with right now. 
It won't be me. She's like, don't pretend. So Bonnie says, oops. And then she walks away. (laughs) So then Bonnie goes up to Catherine, obviously thinking she's Elena. And she's like venting about Damon. And Catherine obviously plays along. Because what else is she going to do? And Catherine fools Bonnie. She's like, okay, cool, cool. And then she touches her arm. And then the fooling is done. Because... And Bonnie does a pretty good job playing this off and not looking insanely shocked right away. Beyond the first moment. The first moment, she kind of gave the whole thing away. Yeah, it's clear she recognized it, but she did a pretty good job of being like, okay, well, I got to get back inside, like trying to play it off. It just obviously Catherine saw through it. I mean, Catherine knows who she is. Well, Catherine knew that she had nothing to lose by outing herself to Bonnie at this point. So even if Bonnie hadn't noticed, she might as well threaten Bonnie, make everyone a little scared. Again, she wants everyone talking about her. Yeah, and I'm sure she knows that like witches can feel if you're a vampire. Yes. I mean, I mean, she was really good friends with Emily Bennett. So then Bonnie's like, well, I should go pay my respects to Tyler. And she leaves and quickly calls Elena. She's like, hey, Elena, where are you? And Elena's like, I know, I know, I'm late. I'll be there in five. And immediately <laughs> hangs up. Is like not asking, which I guess, why would she ask anything? But it's just funny. And she got all the information she needed. And Bonnie, of course, quickly connects the dots because she's aware of who Catherine is, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so then Catherine kind of sneaks up behind Bonnie, who's in a room by herself. Bonnie maybe should have made this phone call in a public place, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Also, because Catherine probably heard this phone call. I mean, well, Catherine could tell that Bonnie knew. And then Catherine's like, hi, we haven't met. I'm Catherine. And Bonnie's like, yeah, I know who you are, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. And so Catherine tells Bonnie like, oh, you know, I've been studying everyone's friends. Isabel told me it's a bit of a puzzle, but here's who I know. I know Jenna and Jeremy. I know she calls Matt a delicious ex-boyfriend. Being awful kind to Matt. Yeah, the CW wanted us to stand him so bad. I know. And she says, and he's sweet on Caroline. And of course, you're her best friend, the vampire hating Bennett witch. She's like, did I get everything? And Bonnie's like, <laughs> so Bonnie tries to run and Catherine stops her. So Bonnie does her little move where she gives a vampire headache. And for a second, Catherine pretends to be affected. She like hams it up AF. And then she looks it up and she's like, I've been around a long time, Bonnie. You're going to need to do better than that. Yeah. So she tries to attack Bonnie, but Bonnie smartly gets the door open with magic. And Catherine's like, oh, cool move. And Catherine's like, okay, I'll shut the teeth and the veins down. Catherine is like game respect game. Yeah, she's like, okay, this bitch knows what she's doing, unlike everyone else here. Catherine knows there's no reason for her to kill anyone yet. She's got to get the crowd fired up before she starts killing people. Yeah, she's a, a long game kind of gal. I mean, she's been around a long time and she likes to really... She likes the emotional manipulation more than the kill. That's clear immediately. Truly. So Stefan comes up to the doorway and he's like, Catherine, leave her alone. And Catherine's like, oh my God, Stefan, hey. Yeah, she's like, hey, Stefan. (laughs) So they catch up. He's like, hey, why are you here? And she doesn't answer. She just says, well, after earlier, I knew you wouldn't cause a scene in public. So I came here. So, So this felt like a better call. Yeah. And he's like, well, Elena could show up at any moment. She says, mm, that's part of the fun, which of yes. course it is. <laughs> She's like, hee, hee, hee. I wish she would. <laughs> yeah. And then Catherine's like, oh, I'm avoiding Damon, which is kind of jokey at this point. <laughs> so then Matt approaches and Catherine switches into Elena mode. So easy. She's got that Elena voice down pat. I know it's because it's Nina O'Brev and she's doing both voices. But I still love it. Nina O'Brev is acting. I mean, she is. I know. She has 
no business being this good at playing two characters. I mean, she is like, you can see the switch. I'm like, wow, she's being Elena right now. It's like queen. I mean, <laughs> it's like, it is Nina Dobrev. I like, I know they're the same person, but they very much seem like different people. She does a great job. Yeah. Stan Nina Dobrev. And you have to love it even more that she did this show and was like, I'm done now. Yeah. I gave what I said I was going to give. I mean, she's done, she's done movies since. I guess she has done other stuff, but this is like the biggest one mm-hmm. still. So in Elena mode, Catherine's like, oh, I heard about Caroline. They said her recovery was practically miraculous. That's amazing. Because she's like, because she had vampire blood. <laughs> yeah. And this is, I mean, again, this is the mastery of this show. There's all these clues in this episode that Caroline's going to be killed at the end. You almost said there's all these clues that Caroline's going to become a vampire. Well, no, there's well, there's all these clues that Catherine's going to kill Caroline. Yeah, I didn't clock this. I mean, I like in the same way I knew that she was like, oh, it's almost miraculous. It's crazy. Like she knew she had vampire blood, but I didn't carry that over into the end. So, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing is that Catherine knew and she used that to her advantage as far as we can tell right now. I mean, we don't know exactly how it all worked out. Yeah. And then Matt leaves and Catherine says, oh, his eyes are so blue. First of all, Damon's eyes are bluer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, they really want us to support Matt Donovan. Hey, we saw you guys standing like everyone. We saw you guys standing alert. We saw you guys standing Stefan and Damon. We even saw some Jeremy and Tyler stands. So like, do you guys not like Matt? Like, like the, they were like, what is happening here? They're like, okay, Nina, Nina, you got to sell it. <laughs> yeah. And she she gives it uh, the old college try. Yeah, I mean, she she does what she can, but we're past it at this point. And so Stefan's like, uh, hey, Catherine, could you leave? And Catherine says, no. And she's like, you know what? This is so weird. Damon was so much nicer to me, but then he did think I was your girlfriend. So she is fucking with him. And Stefan says, OK, I'm not doing this with you. Well, sir, you already are. So there's that. And she says, you know, let's not have a couple's fight in front of all of your friends. So let's go take a walk. He's trying to resist getting too involved, but he wants to know why she's here. And so he just keeps playing ball. And unfortunately, she's smart enough to keep him in the, in the conversation. Yeah, and I think he he's doing this all to just know why she's here, figure it all out. But he's having fun with this little game, too. Like, I don't think he's fully pulled in by the end of the ep, but he does have his moments where it looks like he's kind of being pulled. You think the sparks are flying? I think the sparks are flying more than he anticipated, although he is less affected by her overall than I anticipated. Do you think that Catherine and Stefan will rekindle their romance ever? I doubt it. (laughs) Only because I think Stefan will like fight harder than he fought against drinking human blood for that to happen. You know? Yeah. Like, I just think he's like, he's like no way, but it's also hard to see a way in which, Catherine stays alive through all of this with Elena. I mean, I think there's a good chance she could, but she would have to leave and never come back. So Stefan digs in. He's like, why are you here? And she says, maybe I missed you. (laughs) And he asks what game she's playing. And she says, why you want to play? And she basically says like, you know, no rules. And she walks away and holds her hand out for him. But he walks away and does not hold her hand as a piano version of Carly Rae Jepsen's Good Time plays. Yeah, he does kind of hip check her hand. But I'll say from this scene and some of the fun stuff, you can see why so many men fall in love with Catherine. Oh, yeah, she's got charm for days. I mean, she is fun and flirty and cute. Like, I can definitely understand it. 
Yeah, the whole thing is very flirtatious, even though Stefan doesn't want to admit it. And I think Stefan is like trying to just like fake flirt, but it's hard to not fully flirt with that. I mean, she's giving a lot. She's laying it on thick. So then Jeremy, Jenna, and Elena finally arrive and they comment how the whole town turned out, but the Lockwoods were there for the Gilberts, so they're there for them. Jenna promises they will be in and out, which pleases Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy's like, thank God. Jeremy's like, I really would like to kill myself still. (laughs) Can't mess with that again. Yeah. And Elena spots Damon on the porch of the Lockwood house. And so she excuses herself to go talk to Damon. Jenna glares at her, but hasn't said anything to Elena about it that Elena knows of. But Jenna is clocking it, which is responsible since, to Jenna's knowledge, Elena's a 17-year-old and Damon is her 25-year-old boyfriend's brother. Yeah, it's it's not a good vibe. So Jenna is watching out for it, which is the right move. So Elena's like, hey, how are you? And he deflects. Well, mind you, Carly Rae Jepsen's Good Time is still playing in a piano version in the background. And he is not having a good time. <laughs> yeah, it is not always a good time. And Elena says, look, we're close now. We should be able to talk about this. I want to know how you are. And he says, well, I kissed you. I thought you kissed me back. And then doppelganger hijinks ensued. How do you think I'm doing? And fair point by him. I do love the phrase doppelganger hijinks ensued. And Elena says, look, I think you're hurt and you won't admit it. I think you're angry and you're going to do something bad. Fair concerns. Fair, fair worries on her part. And he's like, oh, you're scared of me now? Well, good for you. I don't need Catherine to go off the deep end. Not helpful. Yeah, not not selling it, Damon. You're getting deeper and deeper in the pool, my guy. So he starts to walk away. And then he turns back and he says, why are you surprised that I would kiss you? And then she says, that didn't surprise me. I was surprised you thought I'd kiss you back. And that is a deep cut. That is a deep cut. She's like, who's hurt now, bitch? <laughs> and he says, now I'm hurt. Yeah, that's that does have to hurt. I mean, ouchie. That is like a punch to the gut to be like, yeah, of course you would kiss me. <laughs> because, you know, he's been deflecting, of course, this whole thing. And like ever since Isabel was like, because Damon's in love with Elena, like he's been deflecting it that whole time. But it's hurtful to have her say like, yeah, never in my fucking life. Yeah, that is oof. Luckily for both of them, Bonnie comes up to interrupt this conversation, which is going downhill fast. And she comes up to tell them about Catherine. Of course, they already know about Catherine, so we don't need to see that scene. So we cut over to check in on Tyler, who's sitting inside drinking from a flask. Jeremy goes inside and finds him and he says, hey, sorry about your dad. And Tyler's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people are saying sorry. And Jeremy's like, look, I remember how it was when my dad died. A lot of people came and like told me how great he was. And Tyler was like, yeah, good for you. My dad was a dick. So yeah, he's like, at least they were telling the truth to which I'd be like, "Mm, I don't know so much. I'm not I'm not thinking highly of Grace and Gilbert, but that's me. I love any time these two have a little scene together. I want them to be better friends. Yeah. And Jeremy's like, you're right. Your dad was a dick. And for a second, Tyler, like, it looks like Tyler doesn't know if he's going to hit him or be nice to him. But then Tyler says, I found this in my desk and holds it out. And Stephanie, you said werewolf journal. And Stephanie, was it a werewolf journal? No. To my credit, the flask was out of camera. I just want to say that. So for our listeners, Tyler offered Jeremy a flask. And Stephanie said werewolf journal. (laughs) These are 
my two most strongly held theories, werewolves and secret journals. And I've connected the dots, baby. I don't. I mean, obviously that wasn't what it was. Do you think there are werewolf journals? Because you've been saying that like everyone has like a mentor that teaches them how to be a werewolf. What do you think the journals are for then? Just color commentary? Just personal journals. I don't know. You think Tyler's the type to read a journal? He's artsy. I bet he has a diary. You think Tyler has a diary? I bet he has a sketchbook slash diary. I disagree. I really am projecting my like water sign vibes onto him. Yeah, you really are. I think he's a water sign. I think he's a cancer. I think he's a fire sign. I think he's a Leo. Don't tell me that. Well, I just did. No, I think he's like an Aries. I can handle an Aries. But he's got a cancer moon. No, he doesn't. That's that's the furthest I'll go. No, he does not have a cancer moon. He's a sweetie. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I love him too much, I fear. Uh, his life is going to be cut short if I keep down this path. <laughs> yeah. So then they're sharing a drink from the flask and Mason comes in to check on Tyler. And Mason says to Jeremy, like, hey, don't you have somewhere to be? So Jeremy gives him the flask and leaves because Jeremy knows when he's in trouble. Yeah, Jeremy's like, this isn't my my fight. I'm out. And then Mason takes a drink and shares the flask with Tyler. So a friendship is blossoming between uncle and nephew here. And he's like, you know, the cool uncle, the slightly younger uncle. Yeah. And I think he can tell Tyler's going through something. Yeah. Well, you think that the werewolf transformation is incoming for his 18th birthday. So you think Mason knows that? Yeah, I think this is a bad time for his dad to die. And Mason was like, okay, I'll step up. Oh, here's my question. Do you think Mason would have come if his dad didn't die? Nope. You think Tyler's dad would have taught him how to be a werewolf? Yep. Okay. He would have taken a more aggressive approach than I assume Mason will. Sure. I see. I'm so dug into this theory. I don't even need to go into the details of the answers. (laughs) It's yes or no at this point, baby. Good. Sometimes you go into details of both answers and it's like, so you don't have a theory. Yeah. Well, I'm talking through them sometimes. My, my brain is moving so fast. You just have to get all the words out. Sure. So then we check in with Catherine and Stefan who are walking around. And Catherine makes a comment that the Lockwoods have a lot of land and that the possessions of the tomb vampires built them quite a fortune. That's, yeah, obnoxious. Justice for the tomb vampires. And Stefan says, hey, why did you want the tomb vampires dead? And she says, the vengeful vampires are annoying. Why do you think Catherine wanted the tomb vampires dead? Well, I think they probably would have gone and killed her. I'd be pretty pissed if she only got herself out of the tomb. You think after they killed the founding families, they'd be like, okay, it's time, it's time for Catherine. Yeah, I think the founding families were the concern because they put them in there. But like, I can't imagine any of them were super fans of Catherine after she got out and said, no, leave them in there. Yeah. I can't imagine that was fun for when I love Catherine. She's like, you know, vengeful vampire is dangerous. Just ask John Gilbert, <laughs> like saying she's vengeful. I feel like. And Stefan says, oh, you haven't changed. And she's like, you have, you're stronger and meaner and sexier. <laughs> she said, you're just a sexy little boy. And he says, don't flirt with me. I'm not Damon. <laughs> Incredible dig. He says, I haven't spent 145 years obsessed with you. And she says, yeah, well, look at your girlfriend, bub. Yeah, she said, uh, I beg to differ. Yeah. You're dating a girl who looks exactly like me. So, you know, do the math here, King. And she says, you know, it bothers me that you're in love with someone else. And he says, well, I was never in love with you uh, because you compelled me and my feelings weren't real. And she says, believe what you want. So what do you think that means? You think he was in love with her? You think she was actually in love with him? I think that 
you know, she knows that like she was compelling him to do a number of things, but like that doesn't mean he wasn't in love with her. And I think he's talked it all down to like, oh, it was just compulsion. It was just compulsion to kind of downplay it. But I mean, I think there was a little bit of love there on his part at the minimum. And he says, the truth is, you're the same lying, selfish, manipulative bitch you've always been. So whatever you're here to do, just get on with it and leave town or I will rip your heart out. Now, that seems a little ambitious. I'm going to say that seemed a little sexier than someone who's not in love with her. But Mm -hmm. who am I? You know, love Elena. Definitely a good girlfriend to him. But there's some sparks flying in passion here that is not really Stefan and Elena's MO. Sure. And she says she came back for him. You think she's telling the truth in this moment? My gut reaction initially would have been like, no, that's a lie. She's just messing with him. But there's a point where he's saying like, you're manipulative, like you're a bitch, that you see her tear up a little bit almost. I don't know if that's like something I was making up, a trick of the light, or if I was really clocking that. And I think she was like, you know, I think she knew she hurt Damon a lot. And I think that's fine. She was playing around with people. But this, you know, she didn't have to compel Damon, but she did have to somewhat compel Stefan. What do you think she was compelling Stefan to do? I think just like spend time with her and like get on the side of the vampires more than anything. And that blossomed into something, you know? But I also think Catherine likes something a little more hard to get. I think she likes the game of it. That's clear. And even from this, Stefan is clearly harder to get than Damon. Yeah. And I think even at the time he was, because Damon was kind of a little baby boy. Yeah. And I think we forget that because Damon's built up his little hard shell. I mean, I think there is part of it that could be real because she does look emotional when he's like so angry to see her. Like, I don't think she expected him to be like, oh my God, Catherine's back. I'm so excited. But I think she expected it to not like be so antagonistic right away. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she probably had been hearing that he was dating Elena and she was like, okay, that's a great sign. Like he's still down with it. Where do you think she was hearing that from? Isabel. Sure. So she says, oh, I came back for you. And he says, well, that's too bad because I hate you. And so she stabs him with some kind of fire stick poker or something. And she says, that sounds like the beginning of a love story, not the end of one and runs away. And she does have a point. There's a thin line between love and hate, baby. Very poignant. She's very smart. I love that little line because she's right. Yeah. And I think that'll get to Stefan because like if Stefan was like, look, I don't care that you're back. I'm with Elena. I'm fine. But this is affecting him. Hate is something that can be melded back into love. He checks in with Elena, who is cleaning his wound, which is healing. Makes no sense. It's going to heal on its own. But, you know, we get it. Yeah, it's just for them. It's just tender. She asks if he's okay, And he's like, oh, it'll heal. And she's like, no, I mean, like emotionally. And he's like, I was trying to figure her out. But by playing along, I let her get to me. Yeah, he's like, I got a little too sucked in. Yeah. So Damon's like, well, we tried to track her, but she's gone. So she's on the loose. Damon's like, well, Catherine seems to be trying to steal Stefan. And he's like, well, it's only fair because I'm trying to steal Elena. Again, he's trying to make a joke about it, but he's been being beaten down all day. Yeah, I think he's been really struggling. And she's like, well, I just have to keep joking about it or else I'm going to like cry, stop and think about it and cry. But unfortunately, Stefan has no patience for that at all at the moment. Yeah. So Elena hears that joke and she's like, "Okay, I'm going to go check on Jenna and Jeremy. Let me know when you guys are done. Yeah. Elena's like, this is literally so obnoxious. I'm not getting involved in this. I'm obsessed with her being in the middle of a love triangle and being like, "Okay, let me know when you guys are done. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> Queen. She said, fine, whatever. <laughs> Opposite of Catherine, who was like, no, please fight. Catherine's like, fight, please. And Elena's like, okay, I'm going to go eat a sandwich. Goodbye. Yeah. Elena's like, I'm going to go have a canapé. And so once she leaves, Damon's like, so what is it going to be? Is it going to be like a fight to the death? Ha ha. He's like joking around, throwing some little air punches. Yeah. And Stefan's like, I'm not going to fight you. And Damon's like, what? And Damon is fucking with Stefan, but Stefan sees right through it in a way that I didn't even see through it, but he was right. He got Damon here. Stefan says, you know, Catherine is trying to pit us against each other, right? We need to be united against her. So I'm not going to fight you. And Damon's like, come on, like, I kissed Elena. Please punch me in the face. You know, Damon is trying to throw it off. And Stefan's like, look, this isn't even about you and Elena. Like, this is about, like, you are letting Catherine get to you again. And you're making it so easy for her. And Stefan takes Damon kissing Elena and turns it into a positive. He says, because you feel something for her and you care about her. And I don't want Catherine to destroy the part of you that is finally caring about other people. She's going to try to break you. She's going to try to break both of us. And how we respond to that will define us. So I'm not going to fucking fight you, dude. And Damon wasn't ready for that because Damon was like, okay, yeah, the kissing Elena thing. I know exactly how he feels about it. But Stefan was like, no, that's a good thing. You care about people and I don't want to lose that. And Damon's like, oh, now you know I care about people too? You and Elena know that? Fuck! Yeah, I think Damon kind of wants to be seen as the bad guy. And I think it would be much easier for him if Stefan would just punch him in the face and stop caring about him. But Stefan takes the high road and says, no, I'm not going to fight you, my man. And Damon doesn't know what to do because people are taking his emotions very seriously and he does not like it. Yeah, and he ended season one on such like a making amends with people and like really showing that he cares for people. And that all culminated with him showing Elena how much he cares. And that backfired so spectacularly at his face because Catherine happened to be there when that happened. And so he just like is not ready for the consequences of all that. So Stefan walks away from this conversation without having fought and Damon is conflicted about it. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. John is packing his bags as Jeremy gets home. And John's like, hey, I'm leaving. <laughs> Jeremy's like, oh, so what? You're just going to kill all the vampires and then leave town? It's like, yeah. Yeah, that was my plan from the beginning. So here we are. Yeah, but John says, not all, but enough. He's like, will you tell Elena I said goodbye? And Jeremy's like, um, why don't you tell yourself? Yeah, he's like, why would I need to do that for you? And John, you know, kind of tries to defend his decisions. He says, like, look, I was taught to hate vampires, just like your dad. Jeremy says, well, my dad would have seen things differently. And John says, no, he might have done things differently, but there's no other way to see it. I don't think his dad would have acted much differently either. And that's hard for Jeremy to swallow because he loves his dad. Yeah, and it's hard to reconcile, like, your dad, who you, like, loved, and your uncle, who just killed your girlfriend. And for Jeremy to think, like, if he had brought Anna home and introduced him to his father, his father would have rejected him just like John did. And then Jeremy turns to the ring that's on John's hand. He's like, hey, was that my dad's? And John's like, yeah. And Jeremy's like, then why didn't it protect him? And John says their death was not supernatural. It was an accident. It wasn't preventable. There's nothing we can do about that. I think it's funny because when he said, was that my dad's? I thought he was gonna be like, then fucking hand it over, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this is sad that Jeremy's like, what the fuck was the point of the ring? Yeah. And so Jeremy is like, I wonder what my dad would think of me. Because clearly he's reckoning with the fact that his dad hated vampires. And Jeremy's not really sure how he feels about vampires. He liked Anna and he liked Vicky, but he's not sure how he feels about vampires on the whole. I mean, he knows Damon. He doesn't love Damon. 
Yeah, he very much like wanted to become a vampire like 12 hours ago. So that's weird to think like, well, if I had done that, like, would, would my, my dad, dad hate ha- be hating me from wherever he is? Yeah. You know? And John says, I think your dad would think that you're still young and you're finding yourself, but you're a Gilbert and that comes with responsibility. And sooner or later, you're going to have to get on board with the family legacy. You think that's true? You think sooner or later he's going to have to live up to his Gilbert blood? I worry that he will. I worry that he's going to be like, time to kill vampires. And he's going to want to kill like Stefan and Damon and Elena someday. What do you think is going to be his turning point? I don't know yet. I, I'm not convinced that'll happen. I'm worried that will happen. I would like for him to not follow the Gilbert path because I have not liked any male Gilbert except Jeremy. And I really don't want him to go that path. I mean, Damon did just kill him. There's a good reason to turn against vampires. Well, yeah, that. that. But we'll get there. But I could see him being very much like a lyric of like, quote unquote, a vampire hunter, but not like a Gilbert level, like vampire hater. There's a spectrum there. He hunts bad vampires. Yeah. Let me go back over to the Lockwood house. Tyler is looking at a photo of him and his mom and his dad. And his dad is sitting in the middle. It's a very funny photo because him and his mom are standing up and his dad is like sitting in the middle in front of them. It's like, shouldn't that be Tyler's seats? Yeah, such a funny photo. So he breaks it because he hates his dad. Carol overhears and she's like, hey, what the fuck? And he's like, I hate him. And she's like, She's like, that's a little fur. Yeah, and he kind of lashes out at his mom. She kind of comes near him and he pushes her a little bit. She lands on the couch, so she's not like her. But it is jarring for her that her son pushed her. Mason tackles him and he like looks him in the eye. He's like, calm down, calm down, calm down. And eventually Tyler does. Mason has a calming presence and he can tell like, he's like, you know, you can't get too mad or you might turn into a werewolf right now in front of Carol. So you think anger is what triggers a werewolf transformation once someone is a werewolf? Yeah, I think... It's one of those things that you have to control the anger to stop from turning. Okay. That's why Mason is so zen and wearing his linen shirt. You know, because otherwise he'll turn. He's got his anger settled. He's got it figured out. Mayor Lockwood was too angry still. Um, I bet he was having some little late night runs in the woods. You know, in previous episodes, you said that you didn't think Mayor Lockwood had turned in years. So now you think he was... That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> So you're changing. I mean, you can change your theory because before you said that Carol didn't know because you thought that Mayor Lockwood had learned to handle it. So he wasn't turning anymore. Well, now if he's turning all the time, how does Carol not know? I don't think he's turning all the time. I think he's turning occasionally when he gets really mad. Well, we see a lot of anger from him. Not mad enough to turn. How mad do you think they have to be to turn? Madder than that. Okay, sure. (laughs) I think it's one of those things where... Or you can control your anger and be like, okay, this is the level of anger I can get to. There's some safe amount of anger. And you trust Mayor Lockwood was like, I will stop at the safe amount of anger every time? He slapped his own son. Maybe that's how he got rid of his anger. He was like, if I don't slap my son, I'm going to turn to a werewolf right now. Maybe. I'm not saying it was a good call on his part. Maybe. I just think, you know, I'm finding some holes in your little held theory here. It's really gotcha journalism. Yeah, is, I'll just say that. Yeah, it is gotcha journalism. Not cracking. So we go over to the Salvatore house where Damon gets home and he's, you know, not feeling great. So he pours himself a drink and then he says, you know, it's very brave of you to come here. And we turn around and Catherine is sitting on the couch, jacket off. Party time. And she says, you know, I wanted to say goodbye because I know where I'm not wanted. But she also knows how to become wanted very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Damon kind of threatens to kill her and he asks why she's here. And she says, nostalgia, curiosity, etc." Do you think that's why she's here? 
I don't think she'd come back for just that. Um, I think she's smarter than to spend an extensive amount of time in Mystic Falls just for like curiosity. Sure. Because again, it, I would believe curiosity if she really was about to leave right now. But I think we all know that's not the case. Yeah. But Damon says he's better at the enigmatic one-liners and he asks again. And she says, trust me, when I'm up to something, you'll know it. <laughs> and she tells him to kiss her or kill her and says he's only capable of one. And she's right. The man was never going to kill her. Yeah. I mean, in theater school, we call it when two actors are really close to each other. We call it hit or kiss range. Because if you're that close <laughs> to someone, you're either going to hit them or you're going to kiss them. Theater tings. He tries to walk away and she tackles him. And you can see he's like, okay, well, here's where we go. So they start making out pretty angrily. It's very sexy. Yeah, he's feeling this. And he is down bad. He is so into her still. I know. And at this point, I feel compelled to let you all know, Nina Dobrevin, Ian Somerhalder, if you didn't know, dated for a good chunk of the Vampire Diaries. They started dating in 2010. This episode aired in September of 2010, so we can reasonably say that they were dating when this episode was filmed. Dating or at least very, very close. Well, they had said, too, when they started dating that they resisted it for a long time because they were co-stars. So you can assume that the Spurks were flying in real life as well as on the screen, baby. So then they've been making out for a while, and Damon stops, and he says, I have a question for you. If you tell me the truth, I'm willing to forget everything and start over. She says, don't even ask. I know the question and I know the answer and you don't want to hear it, Bob. Yeah. She literally had to kiss him for like a minute and he's already all the way back in love with her. Her power. I know. All she wanted to do was like make out with a hot guy and then he's like, um, so. He's like, so do you like me? Yes or no? Catherine says, I never loved you and it was always Stefan. Do you think that is true? Honestly, by the end of this episode, I'm kind of thinking it is. Okay. I would never have guessed that because, again, I am a Damon Stan. You've been a Damon Stan since day one. My anti-Stefan ways are changing. I can sense it. I can feel it in my bones. But she seems to be much more into Stefan. And I think that Catherine likes the hard to get thing. The fact that Damon was able to fall in love with her without compulsion, I think is kind of like, okay, like this is fun. But I think she was having more fun with Stefan. And again, you could see the Sparks flying with Stefan and Catherine more than Damon and Catherine. Like yes. Damon was definitely in love with her, but Catherine was having less fun with it. And ironically, you see the Sparks flying between Damon and Elena a lot more than you see them flying between Stefan and Elena. How are they acting? How are they acting? I know. I can't. How are they doing that? Tell me about it. And why didn't they get Emmys for it? I know. Nina Dobrev. It's honestly, it's just sexist that Nina Dobrev didn't get an Emmy. Yeah, it's very like, judgmental of the Emmy committee to not consider this show for anything. And I'm, and I know I sound like I'm saying that as a joke. I'm not. Nina Dobrev is giving an excellent TV performance. People have won Emmys for a lot less. If you think about this, this is when True Blood was on and being huge. Mm -hmm. Nina Dobrev is doing so much more than Anna Paquin is doing on True Blood. And I'm sorry, we're going to pretend that Rachel Brosnahan deserves like four Golden Globes and Nina Dobrev doesn't. I'm. It's fucked up. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. All of them do, but Nina Dobrev is the most glaring. I'll call it a snub. It was a snub. Yeah, I'll call a spade a spade, and I'll call a snub a snub. <laughs> Emmy committee, it's on site. Yeah, literally. And if I see anyone who's on the Emmy committee in 2010, you've got an enemy. I'll say it to him now. Give her a Lifetime Achievement Award, you cowards. Yeah, literally. 
So then Catherine leaves and obviously Damon is not doing good. Yeah. Ouchie indeed. Yikes. Yeah. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Elena is, you know, kind of relaxing after a long day and she sees Damon in her room, which scares her. And he looks sad, 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 sad. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm just, you know, doing my part for the neighborhood watch. And she's like, thanks for looking out for me. Hey, have you been drinking? And you're upset. This isn't good. She's like, this can't be going well. I mean, that can't be a good thing. And he says, no, I don't care about anything. That's me. I don't care. And she says, oh, well, like, obviously you do. And this is so sad because, like, Elena is the only person he would talk to about this and the only person who would be able to pull this out of him. So this is really the only place he can go. But he's, you know, going to take it out on her because he doesn't have anyone else who he can talk to about this. And he's still mad at Catherine. So and she looks just like her. It's just a it's a perfect storm. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, Catherine really messed with his head spectacularly in a matter of like total five minutes. Yeah, they were not exaggerating when they were talking about what a crazy bitch she is. And you know what? I love her. No one is doing it like her. Isabel thinks she's doing this. And Isabel is not even close. Alaric is so lucky he just has Isabel to deal with. Yeah. So then he says to her, like, can you not imagine that I would believe that you would want to kiss me back? Now he's been beat down. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking put it out there. Yeah. I'm just going to say what I'm thinking. And he's like, you're the liar, Elena, because something is going on between the two of us. And you're lying to me and you're lying to Stefan and you're lying to yourself. Now, she is not in a place to hear this. And it is very subconscious for her at this point. But he is right. He's right. But she is not even remotely there. I mean, she's been spending so much time like caring for Stefan and like caring for Stefan also included learning a lot about Damon and like their relationship. There are a few people who know as much about Damon as Elena does. And so she doesn't realize that that is like linking in his mind. Like, yeah, she has so much other stuff happening. She just learned about vampires in the grand scheme, but he is right. Like there are sparks flying between them and she's just not, she's not ready to deal with that for obvious reasons. And he, I think, had he not kissed Catherine, he would never have brought this up because he would know she wasn't ready. But Catherine brought all of these things bubbling to the surface. So now he's bringing them all up at an inopportune time. Catherine kissed him that fucked up with his head. And then Catherine was like, no, I love Stefan. And so he's like, well, if like Stefan gets Catherine, like this isn't fucking fair. Yeah. Like I get no one. Are you fucking kidding me? Nina Dobrev in both worlds doesn't like me. Yeah, literally. What the fuck is happening? And so he tries to kiss her and true to her word, she doesn't let him. Bad look for Damon. I mean, this is I not a, this is not a happy time, but he is he's just so sad and so hurt. He does not know what to do with himself. I mean, he has been shit on for like 24 hours at this yeah. point, not to excuse any of what he's doing, but it's not a good time to be him. So she says, don't do this. You're better than this. And he says, no, I'm really not. And she says, look, I care about you, but I love Stefan and it's always going to be Stefan, which is the same thing Catherine said. And there's no way Elena could have known it. But gosh, that is painful. Ouchie. She could not have picked a worse thing to say. And that was just the truth. Like she was just trying to get the point across and she could not have known. But that was absolutely the worst possible thing to say to him right now when he is this depressed and this fucked up. And I do think it's got to be 
heard too for him to see her kind of say like you know I do care about you the same way she's kind of like cared about and trusted Stefan all this time which you have to imagine Damon wants even though he'd never admit it yeah and so then Jeremy comes in and he's like hey what's going on Jeremy mind your business butt your head out Mm-mm. so Elena's like you gotta go Jeremy and Damon's like no Jeremy doesn't have to leave he wants to be a vampire right he like gets him up against the wall and Elena's like oh please please don't he says, you can turn off your humanity. It's great. All you have to do is flip a switch and snap. And when he says snap, he snaps Jeremy's neck. Yeah, and I was shook by that. I mean, Damon just is like, okay, so you're never going to love me, so you might as well fucking hate me. Yeah. Elena immediately starts crying because she thinks either Jeremy is dead or he's a vampire, and both are awful because she doesn't know if the blood is still in the system at this point. Yeah, neither are good for her yeah and damon starts to leave but he looks at elena regretfully he knows he made a pretty bad mistake yeah he knows this was not a good move and for a second it really looks like jeremy is dead yeah he's looking pretty dead but then we do see he's got uncle john's ring these rings they are fucking slow i tell you a lurk first it was like no a lurk's still alive and even i who was pretty sure a lurk was still alive was like why is he waking up why do you think the rings take so long I'm not saying we'll ever get the answer, but why do you think? I just think it's... For dramatic effect? I think it's for dramatic effect. I don't think it's anything the ring is doing. Sure. I think they want to make us doubt it a little bit. I mean, I was going to say maybe they have to wait till you fully die, but like a neck snap is pretty quick. Yeah. But so we see he has the ring, so we know he's going to be okay, but Elena's still crying. So while she's dealing with that, we go back over to the Lockwood house where Mason's like, all right, your mom's asleep. And Tyler's like, I don't know why I get like this. And Mason says, it's the curse of being a Lockwood. It's called being a werewolf. (laughs) But Tyler comments like, well, you are chill. You didn't have that crazy Lockwood gene. And Mason says, no, I've learned how to manage my anger, which, you know, we've talked about many times. Anger, werewolf transformations. And Tyler says, I don't want to be like this anymore. And Mason says, none of us do. That's why it's a curse. Do you think Mason doesn't like being a werewolf? Uh, Yeah, I mean, basically, I think he spent all this time fighting against it and controlling his anger so he doesn't have to become a werewolf. Sure. So then we go back over to the Gilbert house where Elena is still on the ground hugging Jeremy's, at the moment, dead body. So he is still there fucking sleeping it off. Yeah. And Stefan is here now. She must have called Stefan. And Stefan says, Damon must have seen the ring and that's why he did it. But Elena thinks he didn't see the ring. Do you think Damon saw the ring and knew that Jeremy would get back to life? Or do you think he killed him not knowing that? I think he killed him hoping he would become a vampire. I think he assumed he would become a vampire and he wanted to fuck it up that way. Because I don't think he wanted to kill Jeremy. I mean, I think he's fucked up and clearly was trying to like hurt Elena in some way. I don't think he wanted to kill her brother. Well, if he wanted to guarantee that Jeremy was going to be a vampire, who would have given him a little bit more of his blood before he killed him? It was touch and go with the vampire blood. He had to have known at least, if he didn't see the ring, he had to have known at least there was a chance that Jeremy would be dead dead. I don't know. I think he definitely didn't want to kill Jeremy. So I think he either felt confident that the vampire blood was in his system or like saw the ring. Because I think he's got some shit, clearly, and wants to be hated. But I think he doesn't want to kill Jeremy I think he has made so much progress trying to mean a nicer person and like it's not like Jeremy's ingesting Vervain 
So he could have had some blood if he really was like in that place. Sure. That might just be me like still holding out hope for Damon because this episode ends with Damon looking worse than we've ever seen him. I'll say that. Well, there was one episode early on where I said that there was one thing that Damon did that I knew it would be hard for you to defend. And that's this killing Jeremy. I just have a really hard time thinking he actually wanted to kill Jeremy, which maybe sure. he did. And, but I literally can't even like see that right now because I was like so shook. But I was so sure Jeremy was going to be OK in some way. Just because it's only the beginning of season two. Well, because I figured he either had vampire blood or the ring. I mean, we saw both kind of in the mix this episode. Sure. So I figured he had one of those. I didn't know which one. Good theorizing. I don't trust anyone could stay alive forever. And no shade to Jeremy. He is Elena's brother, but that doesn't make him difficult to kill. I mean, there are people that I think would cause more of a fan uproar than Jeremy is all I'm saying. What do you think over under on Jeremy dying if Jeremy dies before the end of the show? I don't think Jeremy's going to die. You think he's going to make it all the way to the end? I think so. Okay. And then Stefan says, you know, Catherine got under his skin. She undid all the good in him. And Elena says, there's no good in him. He would rather be hated than to feel. So he got his wish. I hate him. And you know what I have to say? That sounds like the beginning of a love story, not the end of one. (laughs) That is true. Let's bring it back. And then meanwhile, we see Damon get home to the Salvatore house and throw a glass at the wall. Obviously, he's pretty upset with himself for his part in this evening. Yeah, he's not pleased how that went. Yeah, he knows that was not um, his best work. Yeah, he's like, ooh, okay, that was not cool of me. And then we see Jeremy come back to life and he's like, oh my God, Damon killed me. <laughs> Join the club. Yeah, you're not alone, buddy. Go talk to a lurk. <laughs> yeah. And then just when we think we've had Everything happened to us that could possibly happen to us this episode. We go back to the hospital. And as soon as we went in there, I was like, oh, here fucking comes Catherine. And Caroline's asleep and she wakes up and she's like, oh, Elena. And Catherine immediately is like, nope, I'm Catherine. And could you give the Salvatores a message for me? And she's like, what? And Catherine says, game on. I thought she was about to compel her to tell them that. And I was like, can we stop compelling Caroline? And then it got worse. Then Catherine picks up a pillow and smothers Caroline, a very personal death. Here's my question. Caroline, dead or transitioning? Here's what I'll say about this. Smothering, not the most sure way to kill someone. So I'm not convinced she actually got killed. We see her hand go limp. Okay, well, if someone's smothering me, I'll make my hand go limp and then they'll take the pillow off. That's actually smart. And it seems like a Caroline move. And you made a comment. We did not hear a flatline. We did not hear a flatline. We didn't have any of those machines hooked up. So we don't have any proof that she actually died. I'm just going to say that. I, that was a good guess for both John and Jeremy this episode. So I'm going to stick with that. But I think she's not dead. So she's either alive because the smothering didn't work or she's about to transition, which would be crazy if she transitions before she even knows vampires exist. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's dead. I think that either the smothering didn't work or she's transitioning. If you had to pick one gun to your head, what do you think? I... I would pick that the smothering didn't work because it feels awful early for her to be a vampire. Again, because she doesn't know about them yet. But that has never been a useful reason to make a guess before. So so (laughs) here's another question. How do you think Caroline would handle a transition to a vampire? I think it depends kind of who she would tell. Because to Caroline's knowledge, no one knows about vampires. She wouldn't really know what was happening. 
do you think if she transitioned that Catherine would make it her business to help Caroline out? I think probably not. I think if anything, Catherine would be like, hey, Stefan and Damon, I just turned fucking Elena's best friend. Either that or Caroline would be like, I feel really weird and talk to her mom. And Liz Forbes would not find that out on her own. I mean, she doesn't know enough about vampires to track that. But she'd be like, Damon, Caroline's acting really crazy. And then Damon would be able to figure it out. So I think like either Catherine would turn her and be like, hey, look what I just fucking did, bitches. Or somehow Liz Forbes would get that information. Because I don't think Caroline would go up to anyone and be like, I feel like I want to drink blood. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't know. She'd just feel really hungry like how Vicky did. Maybe that's how Matt dies. <laughs> Caroline kills him. Dare to dream. So what do you think Catherine is planning? And whether Caroline is alive or transitioning, what does Catherine gain by turning Caroline into a vampire? Anything? I mean, Catherine could still want to take over the town, too. Maybe she just didn't want to share the town with all the other tomb vampires. So you think Catherine wants to be the mayor of Mystic Falls? No. What? Like, what? (laughs) You've got to think bigger. Every person who comes in, you're like, I think they want to take over the town. Well, that's been the justification for like so many people lately. I mean, like, do you think she'll leave town? Do you think she'll stay in town? Like, what do you think her big plan is? Like, I mean, I think she's going to stay in town because I think she's just having way too much fun. And I can't think of a reason why she would want to turn another person into a vampire unless she like wants a friend like a vampire gal because you know pearl's dead and isabel's kind of useless that's not a bad guess actually she could have a deeper plan like i mean i don't know what it is yet i think she's mostly here to fuck with the salvators so here's my follow-up question do you think Catherine's going to be our main villain of season two i think that would track i mean i have a hard time seeing a way in which Catherine and elena coexist even like in different states so here's my gotcha journalism question. Oh God. You think Catherine is the main villain of season two and her plan is to fuck with the Salvators. I think she has a bigger plan, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's possible we haven't met the main villain of season two, or it's possible that we have met the main villain of season two. I'm also pretty sure at some point along the way, and I may be confusing things and getting confused with like the character's name versus the actress's name, for example. I think Caroline has a doppelganger who's friends with Catherine already. Interesting. I don't know why I think that. I am literally picturing one commercial from the CW that I'm pulling a lot of predictions from. Sure. What happens in the commercial? Do you remember? They're at a party. Great. And I know Catherine's there. And I think Caroline's there. How do you know Catherine's there? Because they say the name Catherine. Oh. And I think Caroline's there, but they might have called her a different name. Or I might just not remember her name was Caroline. I mean, sure. it is one ad that I am pulling a lot of these random memories from. I can picture so much of this ad so clearly. What outfits are they wearing? Like dresses, like gowns. It's not Miss Mystic. Catherine's here. I don't know what it is. Interesting. It, I might be completely making it up in my head. I'm sure there's a, a ball of sorts at some point. If we get to it, I'll let you know. Sure. I'm glad you remember enough of it because I do think there's a number of options where Nina Dobrev and Candace Akala King are wearing dresses. Yeah. That this could that this could have been pulled from. I think Catherine has something else up her sleeve that we don't know yet. I have no idea what it is because I don't think she's not the type to come back to Mystic Falls like willy nilly. 
We've yeah. talked about this a lot. A lot of issues come up when these vampires come back to Mystic Falls. Very few make it back out. So I don't think Catherine would be doing that like just for fun. So here's my question. Over under on Catherine's life. You think she's going to die at some point, be killed? You said before that you think that Catherine and Elena are going to have a hard time coexisting in the same world. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to coexist with Stefan and Damon. But I also have a hard time believing Catherine is going to be easy to kill. She's a vampire. Yeah, but she's been around a long time. And she has definitely, like, I'm sure made a lot of people mad in that time. And she's still alive. And she's still here. And, you know, she got out of that tomb. She can get out of a lot. So that's not to say they won't end up killing her. But I think it's going to, it's not going to be an easy defeat. But do you think at some point Catherine's going to die? Or do you think she's like in it for the long haul, making it to the end of the show? I think she's probably going to die because I just don't see a world in which she does not want to kill Elena. Sure. What's your over under on her death? It's always hard because I don't want to go too far because I love to say finales and then it's like fucking episode 12 or something. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like episode four. Imagine if Catherine died in episode two. I would scream. So I think there's a potential that it's like end of season two. I think it could go longer than that. Because again, I don't think she's going to go down easy. I think that's a fair read on Miss Catherine. I don't think she's without allies somewhere in the wings. I'll say that. I don't know who they are, but she didn't come back here by herself to fuck with people who she fucked over. She had to know that going and being like, hey, Elena, I'm Catherine would put a bit of a target on her back. Yeah, she's not exactly hiding her identity from anyone in town. That's confidence. I think that she has a reason that she's that confident. Unlike John, who was confident with no reason or a dumb reason. I think Catherine has been around for so long because she is smart. Oh, here's a question. How old do you think Catherine is? When do you think she became a vampire? Well, so Pearl at one point said she has like 400 years on Damon or something. Sure. Even with the tomb. And so I would put Catherine like somewhere in that ballpark, maybe a little younger than Pearl. But I would say, like, at least she was turned by 1800. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. I think she's been around for some, some time. She is an enigma to me. I really don't have good theories on her at all. I just got too busy loving her. Just like every man who ever meets her. Let me tell you, Catherine is a very popular character. She's vibey. Yeah, you can see why. I mean, she's got the charm. She's got the style. She's fun. Yeah, she's... Lexi if Lexi was like a little bit bitchier yeah exactly but that's the end of this episode we've got a big season ahead of us this is a great season lots of ups and downs coming our way couple deaths I'm sure more than a couple (laughs) (laughs) for now you guys feel free to rate and review us on apple podcasts and tell your friends who like the vampire diaries or who you think would like the vampire diaries to watch the show and listen to the podcast because I think we can all agree we're having a lot of fun here. And make sure you follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast as well. But that's it for now. So we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.